0: if there was ever any question even a single question there is no more russia attacked the united states of america
1: and i mean this is right out of a james bond novel
0: we are seeing evidence of a conspiracy but this is a hugely significant turning point you think about all the times we've heard the president say who knows what happened uh... well bob Mueller and rod rosenstein today are saying they know and it was russia Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who committed the faux pas of offering to pay for sex to someone who wasn't selling it, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Well, we weren't going to do a show today before this Friday afternoon of a holiday weekend, but once again, news intervened. And joining me on the line is Kate Brannan. She's an editor at the Just Security blog. Kate, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I want to talk to you about the indictments, the new Mueller indictments. First, these 13 Russians who doesn't sound like are going to be standing trial anytime in the United States. What's what's this all about, indicting these people?
1: According to the indictment, these 13 Russian nationals were involved in the interference operation that took place during the 2016 election that we knew about from the intelligence community's assessment, but today's indictment adds so much more sort of color and detail to what we already knew. We know much more about the scope and sophistication and just some, like, kind of haunting details about the specifics of it. For me, one thing that really stood out was, like, this isn't just about cyber activities. I mean, they organized political rallies. They paid Americans to do certain things at various rallies. I mean, it was far more complex and on the ground than I think that we were aware of before. Um, And so I believe 12 of the Russian nationals named um, worked at this company called the Internet Research Agency, which is based in St. Petersburg, which carried out...
0: This is St. Petersburg, Russia, not St. Petersburg, Florida. (laughs)
1: Exactly right. In Russia. Um, carried out the, you know, a lot of the online stuff, like the troll stuff, the Twitter accounts, the Facebook, the Instagram. And then I think the 13th, Russian national named, um, was involved in more, was more involved in the funding of the actual project.
0: Right. So we have this troll factory, this bot factory, the, the shadowy internet research agency. What do we know about them now that we didn't know yesterday? What were they doing that we have more detail about?
1: We know that as far back – because of this indictment – we know that as far back as 2014, they set their sights on the U.S. presidential election. That's new. Um, We know that –
0: So they were – at that point, they weren't – Trump wasn't running. So they were – were they supporting the Republican? Were they operating against Hillary Clinton? What did that – when they started the operation, what did they think they were going to do in 2014?
1: From the outset, the goal was to sort of sow discord and distrust in um, the U.S. election system, in the you know, in certain candidates. But you're absolutely right; they hadn't yet picked. I mean, they couldn't have picked Trump as their as their guy because he hadn't. It was another year till he announced his that he was running. Maggie Haberman pointed out on Twitter today that there were news stories at the time that he was considering running as far back as 2014, around the time that this got started. But you know, that aside, it was really about sowing discord and sowing division in the U.S. and distrust in sort of U.S. democratic systems.
0: The goal um, the goal was to fuck us up. The goal was plainly put was to fuck up the election one way or the other or yeah, multiple ways.
1: And there's there are a lot of details in the indictment that show, you know, I think Trump on, on some level thinks like, Russia helped me out, but he should—if he reads this indictment, which he probably won't in full—you know—he could see that this isn't just about him. There's indications that the Russians um, supported Senator Sanders in his race against Hillary Clinton. They supported a you know third-party candidate, whether that's Jill Stein later on. Then after the election, they funded an anti-Trump rally. So you know, it's not about Donald Trump. It's about division and distrust and
0: discord. Well, he's Um, already been tweeting that it was obviously in 2014. He says not not about him. Um, But in in acknowledging that, isn't he now accepting that there was Russian interference of a kind that until now he hasn't really acknowledged? He's been in denial about this. He
1: has. He only kind of admits to it when his back is up against the wall. And that is true of other administration officials as well. They kind of take every opportunity they can to confuse the issue or deny it. I noticed just this week, CIA Director Mike Pompeo was on Capitol Hill testifying before the Senate. And they were asking about Russian interference. And, you know, he pointed, well, you know, there's also the Iranian and Chinese cyber threats. So there's multiple times the administration tries to sort of point you in the other direction. But I mean, without a doubt, this makes it a lot harder for Trump himself to call the idea that the Russians interfered in the election a hoax or a democratic scheme. So that's sort of one thing that this indictment does
0: today. So how do you read the purpose of this indictment? What does Robert Mueller think he's doing? I mean, is this an illustrative indictment where he's trying to tell the story of what happened? Is this uh, politi- add political pressure on tr- to Trump that you can see? Because it doesn't seem like this is the kind of indictment that's likely to result in an actual prosecution. These people are sitting in Russia. They're not going to be extradited. It's, not, it's pretty unlikely to result in an actual trial, right?
1: Right. And I try not to pretend to know what um, Robert Mueller is thinking. But I do think it sets up kind of the seriousness of what the Russians were up to, which obviously Trump has tried to muddy the waters on. Um, I think even his tweet today where he said this had no impact on the election results continues to downplay the seriousness of what the indictment is detailing. Um, But it sets up a number of crimes that were committed on the part of the Russians, um, from identity fraud to, you know, violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and then I think importantly also campaign finance Laws. You know, you're not supposed to accept money from a foreign agent to further your campaign or your election. Um, and that clearly happened here. Although, according to this indictment, the people involved in this indictment today, the Americans involved, it was unwitting sort of cooperation with the Russians. They didn't know that they were talking to Russians and the Russians took extreme measures to sort of mask their identities. So it sets up I think if down the road, if it turns out that any member of the Trump campaign knew about this, was involved in it, participated in it, I mean, it now is criminal activity that we're talking about. And we have a much more sense of of what the sort of scope of this operation was. Um, Right. So
0: if you if there was collusion, it was collusion in a crime, an indicted, indictable and indicted offense. Yeah. What And, you know, over the week, last weekend, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein had a piece saying basically get ready for another Saturday night massacre. They have some authority on all Watergate analogies. Do you think reading this that Rod Rosenstein's uh, job just got a little safer or a little less safe?
1: That's a really good question. On the one hand, the fact that he had to go out and do this is probably not going to win him any favors with the president. That said, he did go out of his way, um, I noticed, to say that none of the allegations in the indictment indicate that any American knowingly cooperated, which um, Trump has seized on and Sean Hannity has seized on to say no collusion. And then he also said that no allegation in the indictment. Implied that the charged conduct altered the outcome of the election, which I think was really an extra step that he took.
0: How can he say that? How can, how can anyone say that? I mean, we we don't. We, this, it's it's an imponderable, right? We have we have no evidence that it did or didn't affect the outcome of the election.
1: Totally. So it's not untrue to say that there's nothing in the indictment that specifically says votes changed because of this. That said. You just could never measure the impact of these kinds of activities. Um, Obviously, on some level, they do work to undermine the election. And that was the whole point. And that's the whole point of the investigation. And so I thought that by saying that, you know, that to me seemed quite a nice sort of throwaway to Trump that I'm sure Trump was pleased to hear him say. So maybe he did, you know, score a few points with that today.
0: You've read the indictment. As you said, uh, the president's probably not going to be reading it, but, uh, give, give us some of the favorite gory details. Uh, they hired an actor to play Hillary Clinton in jail. I mean, there's some kind of Slavic weirdness in here.
1: Yeah, that one really like gave me goosebumps. So they paid, um, an American actress to go to a rally and stand in a prison cage. And I think on multiple times, they sort of paid people to build these prison cages for these rallies. Um, They paid people to hold signs up about, you know, Hillary, go to prison. For me also, it was that I think it said by July, 2016, they had 80 employees working at the internet research agency, you know, specifically on the U S election. They said they had a list. They were also keeping sort of a list of, um, Americans that they'd recruited to spread whatever um, disinformation they were looking to spread. And I think it was up to 100, or maybe it was more than that. But they were clearly measuring sort of the impact and the scope that they were reaching. And then this project, the operation was called Project LOCTA. And it wasn't clear to me if that was specifically the US. I I think it was even a, you know, a broader, because they mentioned that Project Lakta reached into other countries as well.
0: Is it project? Sorry, just is it project? Project lotka <laughs>
1: It's project. I think it's L A H K T A.
0: Not like, not like <laughs> the potato pancakes.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's the but project that...
0: Humintoshin that's really dangerous.
1: <laughs> right. But that that reached. I think it, I think it was a million dollars a month was the budget for it. So I think the you know the the amount of money being spent was definitely more than we previously were aware of. The number of people assigned to this uh, you know was pretty big. So those are the things that stood out to me.
0: And what about the American accomplices? As you say, they were they were they were they had at least unwitting Americans helping them do something illegal, which as foreigners spending money and intervening in an American election. I mean if some of these Americans knew who they were accepting payment from or who they were working for, aren't they subject to charges too?
1: Um, That's a good question. They definitely aren't at the moment, and we don't know that they will be. Um, It's possible that you know that they will cooperate with the Mueller investigation. I think because they didn't know that they were communicating with Russians. That's what this indictment says, at least. That for the most part, not for the most part, for the you know for the Americans being discussed in this particular indictment, they did not know that they were working with Russians. They were unwittingly cooperating. They were. Um, you know, whether it was taking payments or spreading information about rallies that were coming up, whatever it was, they thought that they were working with American political activists. The way I see it is this is like a big picture. This is the big picture of what was going on during the election at the grassroots level on the ground versus anything having to do with the Trump campaign higher-ups headquarters. I just think that they're not part of what we're learning about today. And the Trump Trump and his supporters have sort of seized on that to say, there you go, no collusion. I just think that they're, they're not, it's not being addressed in this. This is about something related but different.
0: Well, as you say, it could be laying the groundwork. It could be a step on the way to collusion charges. It certainly doesn't exonerate anybody from collusion.
1: Right. And one thing that came to mind um, when I was reading this was the... Don Jr. emails that set up the Trump Tower meeting in June 2016, if you remember those, Rob Goldstone emails him and says, you know, we have something we want to talk to you about. It's about, it's part of Russia's overall effort to support your father or something like that. And at the time, people thought, well, that kind of sounds like that's something that's a known fact that he's talking about the way he's sort of addressed it in this email. And I was reminded of that today. Now we know the extent of which and the sophistication of the Russian effort to support Donald Trump and that, you know, alluding to that, Rob Goldstone could have been alluding to that in this email to Don Jr. Who knows? But I just, it seemed pertinent.
0: There was uh, one other development today. There was a plea agreement, another one from someone named Richard Pinedo. What do we know about him?
1: It seems that he was involved in... um, identity fraud and, um, you know, I think he sold fake bank accounts and that those were used by um, the indicted Russians to fund their various projects in the U.S., whether it was paying somebody to go to a rally or, you know, any number of things that they they were funding here. They were using these fake bank accounts that they were buying off him. And so he's pleaded guilty to that and is now cooperating with Mueller and the investigation. So that's the sort of this separate um, small plea deal. I mean, it could be more significant than that. I just don't know yet. But that it seems like to it's it related
0: to the other charges, though, that he's someone who was enabling some of this Russian activity and is now offering his testimony to Mueller about that.
1: Yes. And I think I saw his lawyer said he had no idea um, basically who he was
0: selling to. It's amazing about this investigation, isn't it, Kay, that we just don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, nobody was expecting these indictments or indictments of this kind necessarily at any point. They really have been holding their cards as close to the vest as you possibly can.
1: Totally. I mean, they don't leak. I think that that's pretty clear. And so I think when there are leaks, like, you know, this point's been making, it's not coming from the Mueller camp.
0: So what what's next? There's no we, we can't get these people. We can't try them. These indictments sit there and we wait for another piece of the puzzle.
1: I think so. It looks so I think the other sort of um, there are a few other big things that happened in Mueller land this week. Bannon interviewed for, I think, 20 hours. That was probably very interesting. Um, <laughs> Mark Corallo who was for a hot second, I believe Trump's legal team spokesperson. And he resigned last summer around the Trump Tower reporting time. And so he interviewed with Mueller's team this week as well. And then it looks like Rick Gates, who's Manafort's partner, business partner, who has already been indicted by Mueller, is about to flip. At least that's what the reporting
0: suggests. So, that would that would be a big deal, because he knows where Manafort's bodies are buried, in Ukraine. Totally.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, the thinking goes that if he flips, the pressure definitely goes up on Manafort. And if the pressure goes up on Manafort, the pressure goes up on Trump. For me, just those three little signals, I mean, who knows what they'll actually lead to. But at the same time, anyone that suggests this is almost over, when Bannon just gave 20 hours worth of testimony, I mean, it, doesn't, it kind of goes against...
0: Yeah. Common sense. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't sound quite like they're wrapping up. No. I've been speaking to Kate Brannon of the Just Security blog. Kate, thanks for joining me at the end of a long week.
1: Thanks so much.
0: That's it for today's show. Follow us at Real RealTrumpCast to make sure you don't miss any shows. We'll be back next week to talk about Karen McDougal, David Pecker, and more on the Russia scandal. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast.